from D. James Kennedy Ministries. This is Kennedy Classics. Hello, I'm Frank Wright, president of D. James Kennedy Ministries, where we are standing for truth and defending your freedoms. Welcome to Kennedy Classics. I'd like to invite you to visit our ministry website, where you can find all kinds of great video, audio, and print resources. If you like our programs, you can easily share them with a friend or a family member. You can find it all at djkm.org. One of the greatest stuntmen in all of history may very well be Evil Knievel. He gained fame in the 1960s and 70s with his death-defying acts on his motorcycle and was quickly rocketed into superstardom. But what was it that made everyone so enamored with Evil Knievel? It was because the man seemed to not have a single fiber of fear in his body. His first big jump was over the fountains at Caesar's Palace in Las Vegas, where he drew massive crowds and media attention. He ended up crashing in spectacular fashion and could have easily lost his life. He ended up crashing so much in his career that he happens to be the Guinness World Record holder for the most broken bones, 433 to be exact but he always got back on his motorcycle and kept jumping, despite the obvious life-threatening consequences. The truth is, most of us aren't as fearless as evil can evil, and it's safe to say that even he had fears about what awaits us beyond the grave. In fact, near the end of his life, he repented of a life of drinking and womanizing and publicly professed his faith in Jesus Christ. Our time on earth is fleeting, and most people have a fear of dying. Many people tend to ignore the fear of death and think about other things. But for those of us who have faith in Jesus, we need not fear death, but instead can look forward to spending eternity in paradise. Here's Dr. D. James Kennedy with an uplifting message, a life that never ends. Our scripture lesson this morning is taken from the 14th chapter of the Gospel according to St. John, reading selected verses beginning with verse 1. May we hear the inspired, the infallible word of the living God. Let not your heart be troubled. Ye believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. And whither I go, ye know and the way ye know. And Thomas saith unto him, Lord, 
we know not whither thou goest, and how can we know the way? Jesus saith unto him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Verse 15. If ye love me, keep my commandments, and I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you, and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while, and the world seeth me no more, but ye see me, because I live, ye shall live also. And may God bless the reading and hearing of his word, and may our hearts ever trust in that word. Amen. It's time to come in now, Jimmy. Oh, just a little longer, Mom. No, Jimmy. It's time to come in now. Oh, Mom, we're right in the middle of a game. We're playing kick the can, and Mom, we're having fun. It's time to go to bed, Jimmy. Come on in. Remember those days? I do. I was that Jimmy. There's still that voice calling to us. It's time to come home. It's time to go to sleep. Now, the volumes on homiletics declare that one form of a sermon is what is called the problem-solution sermon. That only has two points. And today I would like to use such an outline because, you see, we have a problem. And I don't mean just any problem because we've all got many problems, but I mean the biggie the great problem that you have and I have and the whole world has, and that is the problem of our own mortality. How swiftly pass the days of our lives, faster than a weaver's shuttle they go. Where did it go? Why, it was only three weeks ago I was 19, and here I am, and here you are. And there is that voice that still ever more loudly can be heard. It's time to come in now. It's time to go to sleep. That is the problem, the problem of death. 
And it is a problem which indeed haunts many people most of their lives. In fact, the scripture says that Satan has kept the whole world in bondage throughout their lifetime through the fear of death. Are you afraid to die? Are we afraid of death? Well, look around you. Open the yellow pages to physicians. You'll find out. Page after page after page. And hospitals everywhere. Doctors and nurses and technicians and medical schools and trillions of dollars worth of technical medical equipment. Why? Because we're afraid of death. Are you? When you get a sharp pain in your chest and they say, we've got to rush you to the hospital, you say, oh no, I've got an appointment on the tennis court. I can't be bothered. (laughs) Really? I doubt it. Yes, that hollow-eyed, lank-jawed skull grins through all of the windows at our great plans for the future. And ever and anon, he peeks out from around the corner of the day after tomorrow and that long, bony finger beckons, saying, it's time to go to sleep. Ah, but we're just having fun. The expression never changes from that ghastly grin. Well, how do we normally deal with that problem? Samuel Johnson, who gave us the first dictionary, said that most men spend all of their lives going from one diversion to another simply trying to forget their own mortality. That's the ostrich approach to death, and many right here are doing just that. We try to put it out of our mind and forget that God has said that in the day that you sin, ye shall surely die. We have preferred to believe the lie of the devil who said, ye shall not surely die. And so we blot it out of our thoughts. We take the old and we sequester them in old age homes somewhere so they won't remind us. And we put walls up around our cemeteries to get it out of our thoughts and out of our eyes and out of our minds. Some people will go to greater extent. They'll even have themselves frozen. They're afraid to die. Many turn to all kinds of other religions looking for some kind of solution. Ah, but alas, my friend, they find none for there is none other. I hope you all know that. There is no Easter celebration in Islam. There is no Easter in Judaism. There is no Easter in Buddhism or Zoroasterism or 
Taoism or any of the other religions of this world, this is unique. Christ alone has risen from the dead. I am he that was dead, and behold, I am alive forevermore. And because I live, ye that trust in me shall live also. And that death that people so so much fear has been banished by him. That one that robs life of so much of its joy. It hangs like a gray cloud ominously on the horizon of our future. It rains on everybody's parade someday. It snatches away all that you've hoarded and gathered. It empties your closets and leaves you nothing but a shroud and a winding sheet. Yes, it takes all of your mightiest accomplishments and dumps them in to a narrow hole in the ground. It translates your greatest achievements into two simple, short words. Hick Jacet. Here lies. And that's it. Born this date, died that date. That's it, folks. That's life. Ah, not for a Christian, it's not. That's just the vestibule of eternity. And for us, there is much more. God hath placed eternity into the hearts of men. Every one of you yearns for it. Nothing else can fill it. Put all of your toys, put all of your accomplishments into your heart and they won't fill it. The heart is a God-shaped blank, said Augustine, and only God can fill it. And only Christ can fulfill the hopes and aspirations of mankind, which he hath placed into the hearts of men. Christ is the greatest person that ever lived. Why? For one reason, he solved the greatest problem that man has ever had, the problem of his own mortality. He alone, he alone could solve that. He is risen from the dead. Go with me, if we could, to the caverns of the dead. And in that vast, Stygian darkness, call the roll of the great and the mighty of this world. Confucius, I'm here. Mohammed, here. Lao Tse, present. Buddha, here. Jesus, Jesus. And as the word reverberates down to the deepest caverns of the dead, 
At length there comes back a voice saying, He is not here. He is risen, as he said. Christ alone is alive from the tomb. And the evidence of that, as you shall see tonight, is overwhelming. Christ solved that problem. And he brought life and immortality to light for all of those that will trust in him. It is amazing how many people believe in heaven that don't know how to get there. Jesus told us in the passage of scripture I read. Do you remember it? He said, I am the way. Not his teachings, not his example, not his preaching, but his person. Christ is the way. Other religions say, here is the way, or there is the way, or walk therein. Jesus said, I am the way. If you would enter into paradise, you must go through that cross. Come to him who invites us all to take his yoke upon ourselves and to learn of him. And as we place our trust in him, our eyes are opened Our hearts are changed. We become new creatures in Jesus Christ. That new life that Christ brings, transforming life, which I as an unbeliever couldn't even imagine. Before we are changed by Christ, he opens our eyes that we might see the kingdom of God. The natural man, the unregenerate man, cannot even see the kingdom of God. It's like a blind man that supposes that all these things that we see and admire and take for granted all around us in this world, they're not there because they can't see them. They don't know that the problem is not with the world, the problem is with them. They're blind. And there are many people who are spiritually blind and they cannot see the kingdom of God. I remember it well. And in that day when I placed my trust in Christ and invited him into my life, as Savior and Lord, suddenly my eyes were opened and I could see the kingdom of God. And now my future didn't end in a narrow hole in the ground, but it stretched out eternally in the kingdom of God, in all of its glory and majesty and wonder. And I was a new person in Christ. Old things had passed away All things had become new. Has that happened to you? Have you been born anew into the kingdom of God? Well, if you have not, let me say that the glorious good news of Easter morning is not necessarily good news for everybody. For for those who have disbelieved in Christ, for those who have spurned his gracious offer to come and receive the free, unearned, unmerited gift of everlasting life, for those who have disobeyed his commandments and who have lived rebellious, sinful, immoral, lascivious, lustful lives and have hoped 
that one day after living such an ungodly, immoral life, they may simply find a hole in the ground, crawl into it, and pull a stone in over them. Not so. That voice will be heard. Jimmy, it's time to come in. But it will be a greater voice than that accompanied by the sound of a trumpet in the hands of the archangel. With one foot on the battlements of heaven and the other upon the sea, he will sound that trumpet and a shout will be heard that will cause the graves to burst and the dead to come forth to stand before the greatest size of God's judgment seat. You have nowhere to hide. For you, the resurrection is the worst news you can imagine. And that is only the beginning of forever. Either in the bliss and felicity of paradise or in the pain and condign punishment of hell, we shall live forever. Ah, but dear one, may it be that it is God that is calling you home to paradise. Whenever your time comes, may you rejoice in the assurance that you belong to him, that he has lived in your heart all these many years. He has changed you and made you a new person. I sat just last night in a car and listened to a man tell how Christ came into his life 20 years ago and utterly, totally transformed this man's life. I know that he did it to me. 40 years ago, has he done it to you? He is inviting you to come. He comes forth victorious over the grave, and he extends his hands, saying, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He will give you his love. He will provide you his peace. And ultimately, he will take you to be with him forever in paradise. I am he that was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. And because I live, all ye that trust in me shall live also. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, I pray for any who may be here today who have never become new persons in Christ, for whom the life of the Spirit is as foreign as the life of a butterfly to a worm. O oh God, open their eyes. Right now, I pray, touch their hearts, show them your love, lift up their eyes unto Calvary's cross, and let them see that that was done for them. And may they say, come, oh, come, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. 
and make me over again. I rest my soul in thee. In thy name. Amen. Did you just pray along with Dr. Kennedy asking Christ to come into your heart and make you brand new? If you did, here's his promise to you. Whoever believes in me has everlasting life. Wow! Remember that promise when you wake up in the morning. And to help you begin to grow in your new faith, we want to send you Beginning Again, which is precisely what you're doing. To receive your copy, just write to our address or call our toll-free number. And be sure to ask for Beginning Again. God bless you as you do. While belief in the things of this world is only temporary, the belief in the living Jesus Christ determines your eternal fate. The fear of death should be non-existent in the life of a Christian because we have eternal security through Jesus. At the root of our faith in Christ is the truth of the resurrection of Jesus. It's at the center of everything and it's vital that you understand the good reasons for believing in it and be able to share those reasons with others. We've put together a brand new Truth in Action Q&A booklet called Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? And we want to send you a three-pack of this booklet as our thanks for your generous donation to the ongoing work of this ministry. You'll want to keep one for yourself and you'll have two more to share with others. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339. Or call toll-free 888-332-3069. Or go online to djkm.org. Did Jesus Rise from the Dead unfolds the powerful historical evidence for the resurrection of Jesus in a way you can remember and share with others. And if you are able to give a donation of $35 or more, we'll send you the three-pack of the booklet, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead?, plus the best-selling book, One Minute After You Die, by Dr. Erwin Lutzer. In this book, Dr. Lutzer gives biblical answers to pressing questions about death and the afterlife including what heaven and hell will be like and how to prepare for your own final moment. Though the afterlife is shrouded in mystery, the Bible does peel back the curtain and Dr. Lutzer will help you understand what is on the other side. These are issues we all must face someday and when the time comes, you want to be sure you are standing on a firm biblical foundation of truth. We will send you the book One Minute After You Die by Erwin Lutzer, plus a three-pack of the Truth in Action Q&A booklet, Did Jesus Rise from the Dead? As our thanks for your generous donation of $35 or more to the ongoing work of this ministry. Simply write to us at D. James Kennedy Ministries, Box 11164, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, 33339, or call toll-free 888-332-3069 or go online to djkm.org. I'm Frank Wright. 
Thanks for joining us for this edition of Kennedy Classics. We'll see you next time. Today's program is available on DVD or audio CD for your gift to this ministry of any amount. Please call, write, or log on to our website today. This has been a production of D. James Kennedy Ministries.